Hello, everyone, and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. As usual, I am your host, Mike Tanner, and today I want to talk to you about something that really changed my perspective of things just the other day. So anyone who knows me really at all knows that I am a big board game fan. I play board games once a week and have done so for about the last four years with a group of uh, friends, mostly dads, and I absolutely love it. It's, it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite pastimes for sure, something that I've been able to pass along to my son and daughter who both really, really enjoy board games. And I started with some of what are known as sort of modern classics of board games. So I started with the ones that when I mentioned to most people that I played board games, they immediately say the same things. So they say, oh, have you played Sellers of Catan? Have you played Ticket to Ride? And I have. And over time, I've, I've sort of liked those particular games less and less as I've learned a little bit more about how games work, how the mechanics work, and all those kinds of things. And if, if you know me, you also know that I like to work on projects. I really like to do new things. I like to stay creative. And so I like to do things that are, that are going to challenge me creatively. And as such, I decided originally last year, and I've sort of been re- revitalized in the idea that I want to make my own board game. I think it's a really interesting practice. I think that I have some creative stories I'd like to tell, and I'd like to turn those into a, a gaming experience. But designing a board game is very, very difficult. And when I first started doing it, I, you know, it, it really was a bit of a struggle. It was quite hard to do. And so I kind of took a bit of a break and then recently decided, you know what, if I'm going to listen to a lot of podcasts, maybe I should start listening to some podcasts that are going to give me the knowledge I need to do what I want to do. So I started listening to a board game design podcast. That was really fantastic. I will link out to it in the liner notes of this episode because it is, for anyone who's really into gaming, and I don't mean a casual player who might play Monopoly and the occasional game of, uh, you know, Cards Against Humanity. I mean, if you're really, really into board games, it might be really interesting for you. It's a lot about mechanics. It's a lot about design. It has to do with, you know, things like Kickstarter and how to get your game off the ground, all these sorts of things. But the other day I was listening and something really stuck uh, that I wasn't really expecting. And actually, it didn't even stick at the time. It it sort of was like that sort of thorn that just it it hits there, but it doesn't dig in all the way. Uh, And over time, it it certainly works its way in. And so here's what I was basically uh, learning about. I was listening to someone talk about how they got into board game design. And like I said before, board game design is hard. It is a lot of math in order to make sure that the game is balanced properly. I mean, I have a hard time playing some of the games from a mathematics standpoint. So creating them and making sure that they work properly for these players is just a ton of work. And so I was listening to someone talk about how they get into it. And what they said is, in the beginning, instead of designing a game... I designed expansions or I redesigned games. I took things that already worked and were already really well fleshed out and I put my own spin on them. 
So they took some games that they really like to play, and they made some expansions, which is a super common thing in board games. A lot of games are really great, but after you've played them for a while, they get a little stale. And so you end up with expansions, where you have new characters, new stories, maybe some new game mechanics, you know, similar to anything that we do expansions for. It's similar to downloadable content for a video game or, you know, patches and updates for software, uh, you know, expansions in, in some way. Uh, very, very popular in board games. But when he first kind of said this, I said, oh, yeah, that's an interesting way to think about that. Like, you know, one of the good ways to build up to that would obviously be to start with a design that works and just, you know, work on, on supplementing and adding a little bit. But the more I thought about it, the more this really drilled into me as to not only what I felt would be the best thing for me to do from a game design perspective, but what I really thought was something really interesting for us to take away across the board. We often expect a lot of ourselves. We think that we should be able to jump into things and just hit the ground running. You know, the number of people that I know who have decided that they're going to launch a course or they're going to launch a webinar or they're going to launch their blog or they're going to start a video series or whatever the case may be. And as soon as they start doing it, they realize like, oh my God, this is a lot of work. There's some struggles here surrounding me actually doing this. This isn't as easy as I was thinking it would be. And, you know, this is a, a challenging thing for me to do. And that's hard for a lot of us to all of a sudden say like, oh, I'm not good enough to do this thing. But I think the issue is less that we're not good enough to do this thing and more that we're likely just biting off a little more than we can actually chew. And one of the things that, that this makes me think of is the idea of playtesting. And I did this last year and I'm so glad that I did. And I didn't think of it in this way at the time. I decided that I would like to do some online courses. Uh, I, I have an education degree. I really love leading sessions. I love running workshops. I love teaching, uh, you know, and I've used that over the last several years as sort of one of the predominant features of the services that I provide. You know, one person sort of talked to me when I was talking about what is my niche. They basically said, your niche is your ability to explain things to people. And I would generally hopefully agree with that. And so last year I decided I want to run a, a course for blogging. I want to run a course that really delved into how to come up with content, how to create that content and, and make that content sort of do what you wanted it to do. And one of the things that happens when we launch courses, we launch these courses and we go, okay, obviously people support me. People know me, all these great things. We launch a course and we say, Hey, it's this amount and crickets happens all the time we end up just not getting the response we thought. So what I decided to do was I would basically do what we do in board games, which is playtesting. I said, look, rather than you having to buy this course, I'm going to open this up for 25 people. I'm going to run this course for free for these 25 people. And what I wanted out of this was not just practice for me. I feel very comfortable leading the course. What I wanted to know was how do they feel about this experience? so that I could then make the changes I really needed to, to the course. And we get this feedback 
And either A, many of us don't ask for or pay attention to this feedback, or we don't respond appropriately to that feedback. When you get feedback that tells you that your customers, clients, potential customers, etc., want something a certain way, you have some choices to make. You either have to decide, no, I know what's best, and I'm going to you know, move on ahead with this very specific idea, or you have to realize that in most cases, the market is correct. Uh, and honestly, I love this by Gary Vaynerchuk, the market's never wrong, it's, it's just the market. And so we don't often get the feedback we need, and we don't often make changes based on that feedback. Many of us have a lot of confirmation biases in place where we'll basically say, you know, what did you think? Well, eight people said it was terrible. Oh, I really like what this person said. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're obviously my customer. That's the one person, you know, that I need to speak to. And the fact is you need people to want the thing you're doing. Now you can exclude a whole bunch of people and you can focus and drill down on people when you want to actually, you know, target an audience. But in the end, we should be doing way more play testing the way that people do play testing. There is an incredible game that I just played last week. So we, we try and add some new games in pretty often. Uh, our game master, that's right, we have a game master. Our game master has a pretty large assortment of games and he'll often add to that. So I recently added a game called Root. Now, I was talking to a friend today and he asked me if I like chess. And I said, look, I like chess. I just can't play that many moves ahead. I'm not a strategy person in that particular way when it comes to games. And Root is a game that, that has a lot of strategy into it. It's a relatively complex game, but it doesn't, it, it plays very easily. You can actually get into it pretty quickly and get the hang of it uh, without too much difficulty. And I really, really liked that about the game. And so we played it, we talked about it as a group. Yes, we love this. Yes, we'd like to play it again, all those kinds of things. But when I was talking to our game master about this game, and he and I talk a little bit about board game design sometimes, I was saying that it really struck me because the game is incredibly complex from a mechanic standpoint. Uh, you know, you play these different factions, there's six different factions that you play, and each of these six factions has an entirely different mechanic that they use to progress through the game, different, not entirely different win conditions, but to a certain extent, different win conditions. And so it's a very, very complex game. One of the things I said was, this must have been so hard to work through and figure out the right balance, because a lot of games aren't balanced very well. There are so many games where if you get ahead by a little bit, there's nothing to bring you back. And it's very easy to get ahead. And once someone gets in the lead, they're basically done. Uh, games try to employ something uh, called rubber banding for this, which is where if someone gets too far ahead, there's a mechanic built into the game to bring that the other person sort of back up to par with them. And this game, I felt, did a really, really great job of that. You could move yourself ahead, but there was a certain cost in that, and then you had to move yourself back. And so not move yourself back, but the other people had a chance to sort of progress uh, against you. And so I, I talked to uh, my friend Laird and said, you know, it's amazing to me how difficult this must have been to work out that balance. And he said, well, here's what they did. 
they did a print and play free play testing. So what does that mean? Well, what they did was they made the game free. They made it so you could print out uh, essentially a, a paper copy of this game, which is, you know, the final copy of this game has really nice game pieces and all those kinds of things. But they made this sort of temporary copy that you could that you could download. And they added, uh, they, you know, they, they basically put the game out like that. And then they said, play this and tell us what you think. And so that's what people did. They played it. They gave feedback. They responded. And this is how they got feedback on what was good about the game, what, what was bad about the game. And then they went ahead and said, okay, we know what we need to change. And they just continued to do that, iterated sort of over and over again until they had a really full functional game. And when I think about the course that I ran, I realized, yeah, that's what I was doing. Instead of coming out and saying, I definitely know what I'm doing and I want to run this, I basically said, okay, target audience, you get a sneak peek, you get to play ahead of everybody else, uh, but I'm going to need some feedback and I need to know what I need to change about this game to make it better, uh, or this course in this case. But in all of this, I think the thing that we're missing that we often ignore is the idea that playtesting is something we should be doing all the time. Sometimes we playtest, but we don't really wait for the feedback. We don't really see what people are responding with. We don't really look at what the data tells us. We just basically, you know, we just forge ahead thinking we know best. And I think that we were, would be very well served by taking the, the, the way that Root developed this game and saying, what if we play tested more things? And what if we really made changes based on the results of those play testings? We dive into these things and we're disappointed and surprised when they don't work the way that we wanted them to. But, you know, it's kind of like just putting a board game in front of some people and going, oh, how does this play? And you find out, well, three rolls in, this game is over. We all know what's going to happen. And so what I would encourage you to do is, number one, I recommend to everyone that I know to play more board games. One of the places you can do that really easily, really well, is the Boardroom Game Cafe in Halifax. Beautiful location and a really inexpensive way to try out a whole bunch of games. Uh, my son and I go there on his PD days from school and, you know, spend four or five hours trying out three or four or five new games. It's a really, really fun experience. It costs five bucks to stay and play as long as you want. And if you buy a certain amount of food, they actually waive that fee. So I think last time we spent maybe $24 on five hours at this place. And, you know, you compare that to almost anything else you're going to do. And it's, it's a steal. So, I would really recommend that you play some games because number one, it's a lot of fun, but number two, I've been able to carry over a lot of these strategies into other things. And the second part is that I would really ask that you adopt a play test mentality to the way you do things. Don't just, you know, buy a restaurant and go all in on, on, okay, now I'm a restaurateur and see what happens. It doesn't work very well. Yes, it is important to commit and put all of your effort into things. But it's also important to say, let's test this out a little bit and see if I think it's going to work. And if it's going to work, then I put in that investment. But if it's not going to work, 
where can I put that energy to actually get the most out of this? So I would really strongly encourage you to adopt this play testers mentality, play some games. Uh, if you want a list of games that I think you should play uh, for both personal and business success, uh, please message me. It's Mike at OneRedCat.com. You can also reach me at OneRedCatMedia on most platforms. If you follow OneRedMike, M-I-K-E, uh, almost every Thursday I post a little picture and a little snippet about the game that we're playing that week. And so it's another good place where you can see what we're playing. But I would just encourage you to be more playful, play things, test things, take that data, and turn it into the next iteration of that great thing that you're going to do. Hope you've enjoyed. Have a great day.